Welcome to Cross the World with Kelly Miller, where we take you behind the curtain to see what it's like for some of the most impoverished children and families on the face of the planet, and how we can help transform their lives from deepest need to thriving joy. I'm your host, Kelly Miller, the president and CEO of Cross International. And I'm Chris McIntyre, co-host of Cross the World. This is episode four, and in this episode, we have a one-word theme we'd like to explore, overcoming. So what does that mean? What's the significance of the word overcoming when we're talking about the work that we do in developing countries? So Kelly, why don't you start us off? Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, that's a word in, in our ministry work here at Cross International and other organizations that, that do international relief and development work like we do. You know, that's a word that is uh, both a driver and is empowering for us in, in the work that we do, honestly. Um, because as you can imagine, and our listeners uh, uh, know and, and, and are learning, you know, we do work in some of the most challenging places on the face of the planet, you know, in terms of of, uh, of uh, developing countries that have economies that are in shambles and uh, social issues and, you know, gosh, unstable governments and hurricanes, you know, just a, a whole variety of uh, layers of, of factors that make, you know, the areas that we work in and, and, and quite honestly, most of the people on the face of this planet, the conditions they live in are very challenging. So that word overcoming is one that uh, is very much at the root of what we do, especially as a Christian organization, you know, overcoming not just the hardships of life, but also overcoming that, that spiritual gap between our humanness and, and where God wants us to be in relationship with him. So what we do at Cross and what we do in, in uh, this sector of work, this international relief and development work that many organizations do, is, is to address the roots of those. And I'd love to tell a story if I could, um, because so often I, I want to encourage our listeners, you know, you might see on the nightly news or in the newspaper or on your iPhone or Android, or whatever you're reading and seeing um, stories of despair that are going on around the world. And they're very real. I mean, no doubt about it. But so often you don't see the opposite of that, right? You don't see the counterbalance of, of hope and overcoming and, and as much as the reality of despair is real, um, the reality of overcoming is real also. I mean, so many people are, have, have moved forward in life. I mean, let's just look at the bigger picture. In the last, what, 15 or so years, um, uh, global poverty has been cut just almost in half. There's a lot of different measurements to that, but the bigger picture, and that's, that's tremendous. Those are incredible strides just in the last 15 uh, or so years. But... Today, there's still about a billion people on the face of this planet that live in extreme poverty every day. A billion people. You know, three times the population in the United States of America living in extreme poverty every single day. So there's a lot of work to do in terms of overcoming for those people's lives too, right? And, uh, and we, you know, we get the privilege to every day uh, work in that environment and, and work to help for the betterment of people's lives. And sometimes that's challenging. I mean, it is. Let's face reality. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes uh, you aren't, quote-unquote, successful. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But oftentimes you are, right? And, and that's where you get a chance to really see the impact on lives and lives being changed. 
And uh, it's not necessarily about changing entire economies or entire, entire even communities sometimes, but it's that one at a time. It's that one at a time. But again, I would like to allude to the story, and this goes back uh, quite a number of years in the mid-1990s when I first started in this work. I came out of the, the, the business world and, and moved into this international nonprofit world uh, with a Christian organization different from Cross International at the time. And I was a, a donor representative, so representing our organization to people who gave financially to the organization, and I would go, I'd travel around the Western United States meeting with people and, and helping them understand our work and, and ask them for gifts to our work, right? And um, one of the very first conversations I had was with a gentleman, uh, I won't say his name, but he was living in Modesto, California, and uh, this is a person who had a long history, a long background in international development work, actually had sat on the board of the organization that I was working with at the time. And we, we met at his home and we were talking about the various work that, that our organization was doing and, and the places where we were working. And one of them was Haiti. And we started talking about Haiti. And again, this is 1995. So let me do some math here. What is that? 30 some years ago, right, roughly. Right. Um, at the time, um, you know, he looks at me and says, why are you guys still working in Haiti? You know, I mean, it's unstable government. The economy is terrible. Um, you, know, you know, X, Y, and Z, fill in the blanks, right? He says, you need, to, you need to dust your shoes off and move on. That's amazing. It, it was. You know, that was 1995. 1995, right? And you know what? People are still saying Still that saying the exact same thing today, right? And so if you look at it from a human perspective, if you look at it from a, a balance sheet, pluses and minuses, you, you, it would be pretty easy, actually, to come away with that perspective, Right, but you got to dig deeper. You got to dig deeper, right? And and Haiti is a great example of overcoming, right? But ones at a time, not nations at a time, right? If you look at it from that perspective, then you start to see the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of labor in 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 the work that we do. And we had a long conversation about that, and I said to him, "Look." Um, it's not about being successful. And I love Mother Teresa's quote, you know, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. And that's a huge difference. You know, when you start from that perspective, you know, let's not, let's not think about being successful first. Let's think about being faithful to the call of God in whatever is going on in your life, not just your work, but your relationships, family, community, Etc. You know, taking that perspective perspective of being faithful to God's call in our lives, then, then successes in whatever ways can come from that. But it's not about a matter of being quote unquote successful first, because if you look at it, particularly in our work, uh, you can be very uh, disappointing. Quite honest, right? If you look at the the macro of this, so. We had a long conversation about that, and um, you know, he at the end of that conversation, he, he, he I, I think he was a little more towards uh, what, the perspective that I shared with him. Um, but I said, "Look, at the end of the day, as as followers of Jesus, right, we're called to love. We're called to express that love, regardless of the situation." And and I love um, you know First John three seventeen. You look at that book and. And the admonitions and the teachings about living out 
uh, Christ following life is about love. You know, at the heart of that book, it's about love. And I love 317. It says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Right? So it's, it's, uh, it's that admonition and, and command, not, not, not in a uh, heavy-hearted way, but in an encouraging way to say, look, we need to express love regardless of the situation. And that it becomes the root of, of where we and organizations like ours work in many places around the, uh, around the globe is that let's not try to be world beaters here. Let's go in and work with you know, a person, a family, a community, and help create change in those situations. And I'd like to talk a little bit, a little bit more about Haiti because it's such a, a um, unique and, and dynamic place. If you've ever had a chance to go there, it's a, it's a beautiful place in its way. It's shocking when you fly into Haiti. You're, you're flying over the island of Hispaniola um, uh, in, the, in the Caribbean, and on the western, maybe third of the island, is the nation of Haiti. And the eastern two-thirds is, is the nation of the Dominican Republic, right? And as you're physically up in the air looking down, you know this, you've been there, right? Mm-hmm. You just see the demarcation between the two countries. It's very, very stark because you see a relatively lush, green, two-thirds of an island, which is the Dominican Republic. But then you look down, you see that western third that is almost denuded in many places, and brown and such. And you look at it and you go, well, wait a minute. This is the same island, same resources. What's going on here? What's going on, right? So if you scratch deeper, you, get a, you, you really start to get to the, the, the root of the problem. If you look at Haiti, it's history of where they are today. They're incredibly resilient people, wonderful people, you know, many godly people in that country following Jesus, right? But if you look at what happened you know, some centuries ago, you get a better understanding of why Haiti is in the situation it is today. One of the neat uh, facts that people may not know is that you know, Haiti was, one of the, is, was the first country in the world that was formed out of a successful uh, slave re- revolt uh, you know, back in the latter 1700s. And, and that's an amazing fact in and of itself. One of those ahas, right? You know, and, exactly. and when I first started looking into Haiti, I had no idea that history. But from that point forward, Haiti has also been uh, enslaved um, financially uh, to, you know, when it was given its quote unquote freedom to France, you know, there was a declaration of, of uh, in essence, uh, servitude via payment to the French government. Right, still continues. Right, and and basically left what was going to. There's a lot of factors behind that, but but today basically left what was a um, a resource rich country almost broke. Right, and really well, couldn't trade with the world. Yeah, for whatever reason, they, the uh, countries at that time they did not give Haiti the same support that, like for example, the United States had their independence right around the same time that Haiti declared their independence. You know, the United States they they were able to trade with international partners and Haiti was not, you know, they right. didn't get that same support. Right. right. And, there, and be, you're absolutely right. And behind that was a lot of politicking, right. right? And a lot of, um, of, uh, basically coercion and extortion between governments. And it left, uh, this new, uh, Haitian people out completely out of the equation. Right. And here we are, you know, 200 years later, 200 plus years later, and that has continued in that 
economy, that culture, that political exactly. dynamic, and such. Cycle so there's poverty. a the cycle mm-hmm. of poverty, right? So there's a lot of factors, and we could talk at length be- behind all these things uh, for quite some time, but we won't get into that today. But the bottom line is that in many countries around the world, you know, the the instability of government uh, and such is is such a key factor. But you also have a lot of these. Um, political dynamic dynamic factors that have been played for decades, if not centuries, that affect countries today. And so we've got to scratch deeper and with the questions of the why, right? So there's that backdrop. But on top of that, you're still looking at today, right? And how do how do you affect the people and the communities today? Let me tell you a story about young uh, Yoldi with a Y, Yoldi. Yoldi uh, was uh, a young girl. She's 17 today, but as, when she was a young girl, uh, her parents, they were as a family living in Port-au-Prince. Her parents abandoned her. She uh, was a child with, with disabilities. She couldn't walk. And um, very tragic story. There's, there's probably much more to that story that we're going to dive into. But the bottom line, she was abandoned at a very, very young age. And uh, she was found with our partner there in, in Port-au-Prince. And and brought into our the school system, you know, our, our one of our partners there, Divine Shelter Schools, right? right, and, right. and so for kids like this that are challenged that really don't have opportunity, you know, housing is found for them and schooling, good, really good educational opportunities there. Um, and then one of our other partners together, Nelson Christ, uh, where, was where she ended uh, her, her time. And over the ensuing years, oh my gosh, did she blossom. And she understood you know, the opportunity, that hope and that opportunity that was in front of her and learned so well. And she actually had surgery a couple of years ago. We helped provide that surgery for her. For today, she can walk, right? Today, she can walk. And she's 17 years old today, and she's graduating high school. And not only is she graduating high school, she has the opportunity to go to university, right? That's and, amazing. And it really, I mean, there's so much more to the story, but I'd love to you know, take an hour to tell her story, but to, to, to come from uh, being abandoned by a family in an in a r- urban situation, it's just raw and, and destitute, and to be scooped up by uh, people motivated by the love of Jesus to provide that hope and opportunity. Uh, to provide the opp- opportunity to overcome and to know that there's a God that loves her. And today she's she's just on fire for Jesus at a 17-year-old child, right? There are lots of stories that we could that we could talk about in Haiti about overcoming, you know, moving beyond the bigger picture of the devastation that's there, the economic uh, challenges, moving beyond that and diving deeper, getting, getting beyond the surface. Chris, if I could, could I take a minute and, and just... Give another example of overcoming. Oh, sure. Okay, go ahead. Let's do this. Let's hop on our plane and, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave Haiti and uh, hop over the the water a little bit. And we're going to land in Nicaragua, mm-hmm. okay, in Latin America. And um, our our work uh, is in partnership with an uh, organization called Cross, or excuse me, <laughs> Cross, in partnership with Agros. Uh, uh, and uh, the work there is, uh, if you can imagine, let me paint a picture for you. Um, in the kind of the north central mountains of Nicaragua, uh, very mountainous, uh, uh, lush in terms of vegetation, trees, uh, palm, banana, you, you name it, all wildly uh, grown there and such. Uh, a lot of poverty, a lot right. of poverty right. in these regions, right? And um, I love this story. I, I was there not too long ago, um, and I'd like to introduce you to Nolan. 
And Nolan is a, is a young guy. He's a father, a husband, uh, a father of four. He and his wife have, have four children. They live uh, dotted on in the hillside, this very steep hillside, mountainous region with lots of overgrowth in this, in this uh, home now. They used to live in, in a hut. Uh, Nolan used to be a day laborer, right? So he would try to find work uh, for larger farms in the area, and 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 he would get paid about, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, he would get paid about 50 cents, 50 U.S. cents a day, half a dollar a day that's for a, extremely hard, back-breaking work. That's, just, that's just hard to imagine. It is, isn't it? it really is. You know, I mean, just you know, a dad and a husband just working his tail off, and God bless him, so motivated to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wanted to take care of his family and such. And and he and his wife just have the grit and the desire to move forward in life. So they were identified to become part of what's called a, a, an agros community, um, and uh, this is uh, our work there, and that the, uh, a group of families are brought together, and uh, you know, again, people that are in very, very dire economic situations again but they all have that desire to move forward in life they're brought together to create a community right they live in in small homes they have a small plot of land oh so that's amazing so actually so they're actually given a uh uh an area where they have their own home Uh, close yes they're loaned them not given there's a difference here, right? And and this is a great point, Chris, because um, this is not a you know, handout. This right. is a truly that, that proverbial hand-up situation, right? And the people are, are loaned land and a, and a small home in this very rural setting, as you can imagine, this village setting out in the, the hills of, of north-central Nicaragua. They're taught uh, very basic agricultural techniques and how to how to cultivate their few acres of land, not just for subsistence living, you know, growing food mm-hmm. for today mm-hmm. so I can survive, but for cash crop, right? So identifying the types of crops that sell well, both in the local marketplace, but mm-hmm. are also are sold to uh, with via contract with uh, Walmart in, in Nicaragua. What a wonderful concept. It's incredible. It's phenomenal stuff. So, so you take a, a family and, and, and a fellow who was a day laborer a few years ago making about half a dollar a day. And today, through all that training and, and what we call inputs, right? So seeds and tools and irrigation uh, uh, systems and very basic what's called climate smart uh, ag techniques that are using nature around you to, to not pollute the land but, but to, to fertilize and cultivate in ways that – that uh, produce uh, much higher production than, than what would be the norm. Today, he's making on average about $6.50 a day, which doesn't sound like a whole lot to you and me, does it? It doesn't. But in that economy, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's transformation. It is. It's game-changing. Yeah. Half a dollar a day to multiple times that per day. So – Nolan and his wife, she's very involved. The whole family is very involved. The whole family's trained, right? That entire family now has adequate food. They have a beautiful, you know, simple, but a beautiful home compared to what they lived in mm-hmm. before. I mean, this is a cinder block, you know, uh, uh, corrugated roof home, but it's a home for them to live in. They've got access to education for their kids. They've got access to local medical care for their kids and their family. You know, things that they just didn't have before. Sanitation, I guess. Sanitation. Yeah. Big part of that. Water, clean water. And all of that, you know, undergirded by by the love of Jesus, right? Expressed from the local 
uh, church and leadership community and through Cross International and Agros, you know, that we're, we're there because of Jesus, you know, to share that love, right? To, 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 to be that person that, uh, that is showing that love that God calls us to. So these are just a few of, of many thousands and literally tens of thousands and beyond that millions of overcoming stories that happen around the globe in what we would call developing nations, right? And, and it is sometimes so foreign to the average person out there. And that's, that's okay. I mean, we get that, right? This is why we're doing this podcast to help, help give people that look behind the curtain of what it's really like out there. And it's much, it's much better than what we often see in the news. And that's what we want to communicate. There is that hope, there is that opportunity to overcome, and that's rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Cross International and make a difference in the lives of vulnerable children and their family members, visit our website at crossinternational.org. See you next time at Cross the World with Kelly Miller.